Hello Hello there. there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. Uh, And we're back with another special episode. This time we are on Zoom again. Uh, But never fear, we will get to in-person recording as soon as we can. Back to it, because we both love to do it. Uh, But what do we got planned for today, Jacob? Today, we have something very special. We have a character appreciation day for none other than the one, the only... Ahsoka Tano. Absolutely. We are doing an Ahsoka Tano character appreciation day. We haven't done one of these in over a year. Um, so we thought it was time to bring it back. Um, character appreciation day, um, for those who don't know, is when we focus on a singular character. We use some fun facts. We uh, talk about our opinions about that character um, and all that kind of good stuff. Should we just get into this? Uh, yeah, I really. Where do you, where do you, where do you want to start? Where, where really should we start with this? I want to just uh, ask you overall, what what are your opinions about Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano? I mean, overall, obviously, since I uh, I agreed to do this, um, I do I do quite like Ahsoka. Um, she's one of my she's one of my favorite characters. Um, obviously, um, me being a huge Rebels and Clone Wars fan, she plays a, a major role in both of those. And yeah, I re- I really. I really like her as do many. I think um, because of the the optimism and the hope that she embodies, and I, I think she kind of, in many ways, symbolizes, at least at times, she kind of symbolizes a little bit of what's been lost in the Jedi Order, like as they've kind of slowly fell and been corrupted in the in the falling decades or centuries of the Republic. Like she kind of has that more selfless outlook of just wanting to jump in and do whatever she can to help people and always try to do the right thing rather than do what is politically expedient. A little bit like Anakin, I'd say, but different, but a similar kind of disruptive energy, maybe more like Qui-Gon. There's, at least in my opinion, and I agree with a lot of what Jacob said, um, Ahsoka is one of my five favorite Star Wars characters. I think she's number four or five on that list, probably. Yoda, then Obi-Wan and Luke somewhere, then Rey and Ahsoka down there um, in the back half of my top five. Um, One of the things about Ahsoka that I love about her is that I don't feel like we get as a complete of an arc for any character as we do Ahsoka. And we've gotten close. There are characters with character arcs comparable to Ahsoka's. I would argue that um, Luke or Ezra or, I'm trying to even think, um, Saw, actually Saw Gerrera is a good example of a very fleshed out character arc. I'm not just talking about the movies because like if we include the movies then we could go with like Rey and you know. Uh, yeah. Or like, like so- someone, someone who's primarily in TV shows. I guess the first I, I, I'm just case. saying like somebody who's in more than a trilogy so like if ray were in more movies then i would consider her but i would go with people like anakin and vader anakin slash vader luke obi-wan ahsoka ezra people who have had so much time to grow uh and ahsoka is cream of the crop because she's gotten a movie seven seasons of the clone wars and like one and a half seasons of rebels 
as well as the Mandalorian, an episode of the Mandalorian, to grow and um, to develop as a character. And I think she's one of the most well-rounded characters. Uh, I Ahsoka is the kind of person that, like, if I went, we're in a galaxy far, far away, depending on the era, of course, the first person I'd turn to to be a friend with is Ahsoka. Hmm, interesting. Like, I like Yoda and Obi-Wan and Luke better, but I, I be i make friends with ahsoka faster than any character maybe other than ray in the galaxy far far away because i think she's such a likable character i think she's such a she's also such a uniquely relatable character um and i love how she could have totally been overshadowed by having basically one of the most famous jedi of all time as her master but she didn't she became an equal force in the jedi order and she became her own legend in a way that is very unique to her and yet is so perfect for her. Yeah, she definitely seems more gra- grounded, maybe, than, than some of the other Jedi. I don't I don't know exactly why that is, but that is definitely something that is appealing about me to her. Like he, Obviously, when I talk about that, like even within the 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 time of the um within her time at the Jedi Order before Order sixty six. Absolutely, I, I agree with that one. Next part is five fun facts about Ahsoka Tano. You want to go first for this one? Or you want me to go first? My number five fact. Uh, yeah, you, you can go first. Okay, uh, my number five fact is, I mean, something that that's. It's not the craziest, most out-there fun fact, but it's still cool for those of you who haven't noticed. Ahsoka does appear, her voice does appear in the Rise of Skywalker Be With Me scene, where she gives advice to Rey to defeat Palpatine on Exegol. Um, While we do not know if she is dead, like most, if not all, of the other Jedi in that scene, um, Dave Filoni did collaborate with director J.J. Abrams to put uh, Tano in said scene where she talks to us, where she talks to Ray. That was definitely a, a cool touch. And and when I when I went back and watched that that scene and it was pointed out to me, I thought that was really cool. There was actually an interview where that it doesn't necessarily mean that she's dead. Yeah, he kind of said, you know, obviously there are other Jedi before have reached out in the Force. You know, Luke and the Last Jedi, Obi Wan, uh, Obi Wan and, and Yoda. In the um, in the original trilogy, yeah. So I uh, that that gives me hope, because yeah, we really don't know what happens to Ahsoka yet, and that's yeah. That I guess that's that's one thing I'm looking forward to in the coming years is you know finding out what happens to Ahsoka, yeah. especially. Bold prediction, by the way. You know how yeah. the Ninth Jedi takes place hundreds yeah. of years after um, uh, Episode Nine. Right. I predict that Ahsoka is still alive by then. You think Ahsoka's going to be alive in hundreds of years? Yes, I think Dave refuses to let her die. Yes. Do you think the Ahsoka Lives shirt is like really Ahsoka literal. Lives for all time? Yes, actually, She's I immortal. do. Yes, I do. I mean, she has the literal <laughs> life essence of the daughter in her. What can't she do? I'm mostly joking, but kind of not, honestly. Um, I mean, that would... At the rate we're going, that would not that would not entirely surprise me. Um, but yeah, 
it's um we will see we what do you see. what's your fifth one um i didn't really put them in i didn't put them in an order but i guess i'll start um i think this is not not a super deep cut um but i i think it's definitely worth talking about is the fact that the convoy that follows ahsoka around is the animal form of the daughter of mortis or is in some way very connected to the daughter and i think that's cool because what it, like what does that say about ahsoka i think that's i think that's kind of cool that part of the daughter at least or some of the daughter's essence is now following ahsoka around even follows her into the world but the into the world between worlds i think that kind of th that kind of embodies the kind of purity of intentions and optimism that ahsoka has in the face of so much that that she faces it, it also follows her out of the world between worlds as well because we see it in the mandalorian yeah so i think that's interesting I'll get on to my fourth fact here, which is not about uh, Ahsoka herself per se, but it is about her original voice actor, Ashley Eckstein, who um, heard um, of a Star Wars fan who was a girl getting bullied at school because she had a Star Wars lunchbox, and um, she cre then created uh, the her company, Her Universe, which makes um, all sorts of apparel and clothing for female fans of any franchise, um, to help them feel more included and welcomed in their respective fan bases, which I just think is really cool and I think is such a positive force in the world in general. Yeah, good, good on her for good on her for that. And I have to say, a lot of the, a lot of the accessories, maybe not necessarily for me, maybe not necessarily the 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 women's clothes specifically, but I think even even for me, a lot of those accessories, like I'm I'm very tempted to grab some of those. They have some. They have some very very cool stuff. They have some very cool stuff going on, um, and I, I've not bought anything personally, but it does make me very wanty whenever I pop over to that website. Okay, my second fact. This is one. Um, this is kind of a bigger. This is a bigger fact, but parts of this I really I didn't really know before. So, I think most most Star Wars fans. I mean, most Star Wars fans. If you've watched Rebels, let's say. You know that Ahsoka was Fulcrum, the mysterious rebel coordinator in season one. But she actually got the job of Fulcrum, or she got the job of being the uh, kind of the rebel intelligence commander, intelligence coordinator, because Bail Organa actually heard about the resistance movement that she kind of helped create on the planet Rada in the Ahsoka novel and offered Ahsoka the job because of that. And the name Fulcrum actually comes, uh, according to the novel, or according to, oh gosh, I can't remember what it was, but the, the name Fulcrum actually comes from the, uh, the communication frequency that the Republic used to talk to Saw Gerrera and the Onderon rebels. I think that is very funny because we, we just watched those episodes as well. That was, that was very, that was very recent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I would just add to that yeah um uh if anybody has not read the ahsoka book by ek johnston it is very good and i would recommend it it's one of the uh star wars books that i actually have read 
Um, and for any big fans of Ahsoka and how she operated between the Siege of Mandalore and Star Wars Rebels, this is about as good a peek as you can get into that story. Um, the last 50 pages, um, in general, uh, for me were just riveting, and I loved every, every page of that thing. I, I need to reread that book because I, I feel like it's been so long since I've read it that I don't, I don't remember much of it. You want me to do the next one? Number three? Go for it. Lay it on. Uh, I want to talk about a Clone Wars arc called Return to the Jedi, which was never completed for the Clone Wars, but was planned, where Ahsoka would help the Jedi Order and travel beneath the Jedi Temple to a Sith shrine, which was later mentioned in the canon novel Tarkin by James Lucino. Um, and then she would have actually fought Darth Sidious below the Jedi Temple in that arc. There were storyboards made for this. It actually happens. Like, this is legit. Wow. Get that wow. Yeah. That's it's, all it, I can say. It, it's, it's a... I, I, love, I also love that the arc is called Return to the Jedi, um, which is, of course, a great twist on Return of the Jedi. Um, and I, I just think it's... I think it would have been a really interesting arc... Out of a lot of the arcs that were planned but not seen, I think it would have been really interesting. Um, along with, you know, there were other Clone Wars arcs like the um, the second Mon Calamari arc that were interesting. Bad Batch on Kashyyyk. Um, Yuzhan Vong, Alien Abduction. Like, there were all those really weird um, Clone Wars arcs that were planned for Season 7 and, and actually 8, the unfinished Season 8 yeah. of the Clone Wars that were never actually shown, but I think would have been really interesting. Wow. Okay. That is very cool. That is very cool. Okay. For my third fact, this is another one that, that some people may know, but it was definitely cool for me to find out, which is that in, in Rebels, Ahsoka's white lightsabers are actually... The, the kyber crystals in them are actually the purified kyber crystals from a lightsaber belonging to the Inquisitor, the Sixth Brother. Because she actually um, fought and defeated the Sixth Brother, Honorata, after the Empire tried to track her down for starting the Resistance movement. I think that's pretty cool because that, that was kind of a big deal. Not necessarily, not necessarily a big deal, but that, that was something that was done more in... Um, in legends you know with um gosh was it was it corin horn maybe who had a a purified sith crystal in his lightsaber in legends i can't remember who it was or someone in the new jedi order so i just think it's cool that they're bringing that back absolutely um again read ahsoka great book um it's a very fascinating look um and the fact that ahsoka defeats the sith brother without even having a lightsaber at the time is like so incredibly badass and that, that really, that also, um, I didn't even, I don't even remember that she didn't have a lightsaber, but that definitely makes more sense now why she was able to, to just go completely nuts on the, the second, or the seventh sister and like stop her lightsaber just with her hands, like yep. grabbing the blade in, in Rebels. That was just the coolest moment. And now there's, now I guess there's some backstory for that as well. So even better. Absolutely. Um, 
Okay, um, here's a fun fact for you about Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian. Dave Filoni revealed behind the scenes that Ahsoka telling Din about Grogu and his backstory was indeed inspired by Obi-Wan telling Luke about his father in A New Hope. Those scenes were meant to be mirrors of each other, or like a certain magic uh, flannel jeans wizard would say, you know, it's like poetry, you know, they rhyme. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting and something I did not know. Yeah, that's very Go. cool. What is, what is the, uh, who, who confirmed that? That's Dave Filoni. Oh. The goat, Dave Filoni. Okay. My number four. So, Ahsoka's forehead headdress, not her mantras, because those are, those are part of her body, but her forehead headdress, the little, um, kind of the little triangles between the, uh, or where the mantles and her her skin meet, I guess that the, that is an ackle tooth headdress, which is in Tegruta tradition worn by warriors if they defeat an ackle, which is a fierce four legged predator from the uh, the Tegruta home planet of is is Shili the Tegruta home planet? Because I know that's where Ahsoka is from, but I can't remember if that's the main planet. I mean, there are Tegrutas on Tiro on Kiros as well. But we know Ahsoka is from Shalai is always how I pronounce Shalai, it. Oh, so okay. anyway, okay. Well, yeah, it's a it's a fierce it's a fearsome four legged predator, and and should a Togruta warrior defeat one, then the teeth are fashioned into such a headdress. So so this headdress is really only for kind of the the boldest and and strongest of the Togruta warriors and you know it's so i think it's it's kind of amazing that ahsoka has one because we see her in one like the first time when she's like 14 stepping off the uh the the shuttle in the clone wars movie for the very first time which just that suggests that she she completed this challenge somehow before um before she even had a jedi master and, and was a a formal padawan which that is, that is pretty crazy, but it's it's pretty just, impressive. I guess that just speaks to just some of the some of the power and skills that one can have in Star Wars as a Force user. Absolutely, compared to, compared to warriors who are not. Okay, I think you're gonna like my last fact. This my last fact. I cannot. I didn't believe it when I found it, and then I looked into it more, and it's completely and utterly legit too. All right. If you have to, if you have to, like tell tell, if you have to say that it's completely legitimate beforehand, that is that you know, you know, it's about to be, it's about to be crazy. Lay it on me. What if I told you that the biggest twist in the Clone Wars involving Ahsoka almost never happened? Although Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order at the end of the Clone Wars fifth season, the storyline initially had her return to the Ormer Order. Filoni said that this would be the, quote, normal arc, and suggested to Lucas that she instead remain expelled. Lucas agreed. Wow. You heard it here. Not first, because I looked this up, but, um, uh, but yeah, Ahsoka wasn't always going to leave. Would that, would that have then killed her in order, would they have then 
just insinuated that she died in Order 66 then? I don't think so. I think the implication is um, because I read elsewhere that Lucas had always intended her to survive Order 66, mm, so she okay. probably must have survived through other means. My Still guess though, would be. Oh my, God, my guess would be honestly. That would be insane. My my guess would be honestly the Siege of Mandalore would play out very similar, except for in this version, Ahsoka actually is still it's... a Jedi. Um, but like, it's ironic because you make Ahsoka a Jedi in the Siege of Mandalore, and like, not crazy a ton is like changed. Yeah, I mean. I think, I mean, I think it's obviously significant to the story that she isn't, but yeah. in that arc specifically, you can change a few things here and there and it'll be fine. Yeah. I think you would definitely start to see some changes further down the road, you know, in Rebels, in in The Mandalorian. So wow, I that's kind of unbelievable because that was that ended up being one of the defining moments of the Clone Wars and of of her as a character, her choosing to leave the Jedi Order. So that almost yep. that almost just never happened. Wow. Yep, that almost never happened. Goodness gracious. It's funny how the these decisions can just have such a big impact down the road. Cause I think I don't think anybody could have predicted, you know, the the character that that Ahsoka would become and, and yeah. what she would come to symbolize and represent at the time when she was created that is a that was a lot of foresight on their part then okay my last one um as a child actually this goes back to baby ahsoka she was almost captured by the zygerians as a baby the zygerians actually sent a um a bounty hunter disguised as a jedi for ahsoka because this bounty hunter's job i guess was to try and get force sensitive infants and then turn them into slaves or servants for the for the queen the zygerian queen um and um this uh this bounty hunter actually disguised as a jedi actually successfully uh took ahsoka from her parents but Plo Koon actually showed up on Shalai right as as this uh, imposter was making their escape. And maybe maybe that is why Ahsoka and Plo Koon, or part of why Ahsoka and Plo Koon have a really close and a really close relationship beyond most of what we see from the Jedi High Council. Absolutely. You know the other part of this arc? This is the funny part of this episode. Not episode, but like, it, it was drafted into a story. Um, yeah. But the idea was supposed to be that Ahsoka was, well, because the the, the Zygerian was, so, was, good, was supposed to be very, like, nice and outwardly friendly, and Plo Koon is supposed to be this imposing, towering figure. And the moral that Filoni was trying to put there was, you know, Plo Koon had the good intentions, but the Zygerian didn't. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. I think don't judge a book by, by its cover. Also, Jedi, you really need a better PR team. Because this, yes, this seems to happen yes, so much. Like, this, this ends up happening in um, 
on Rhodia. In um, Children of the Force. Yeah, Children of the Force. So I don't know if maybe this was recycled or or they, they cut the Ahsoka part because they thought it would be too similar, but either way, since it's since both are canon, man, the Jedi really should have should have hired someone to to work on their public image. Yeah. And like half the galaxy doesn't know what Jedi are. Okay, next we have what is your favorite portrayal of Ahsoka? Do you prefer the portrayal by Ashley Eckstein or do you prefer the portrayal by Rosario Dawson? I mean, for me, that is like Ashley Eckstein, hands down, 10 million, billion, bajillion percent. I, 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 I like Ashley Eckstein's portrayal of Ahsoka so much more. And I know that it's definitely, um, I know that it's definitely comparing apples to oranges, you know, live action versus animation. But I mean, I just didn't really, nothing, nothing about Rosario Dawson's portrayal of Ahsoka really, really clicked for me. Obviously she is not the same person as Ashley Eckstein. So it's going to be, to be different. But it feels like, for whatever reason, or for for whatever number of, of reasons, whether it was just her as an actor or whether it was also, you know, in the directing, she not receive the right direction. It just really felt like she didn't even try to bring any of Ahsoka's mannerisms or qualities to her portrayal. You know, the timbre of her voice, the cadence of, of her delivery and her speech any of the mannerisms that made Ahsoka Ahsoka. So it really, it, her in the, Ahsoka in the Mandalorian really felt inconsistent to me, which, which I don't really mind a ton because obviously characters change, but it felt, it felt not justifiable. Or I should say it felt like it was inconsistent beyond what the time difference, the time passed from her last appearance could really could really explain and i do i do admire how the show tried to give ahsoka some well-earned maturity you know she's a little bit calmer on the on the outside um maybe she's she's a little more jade clearly at this point a little more jaded but her that portrayal to me it it, it just really disappointed me and made me feel sad because it just came off as lacking the kind of profound benevolent energy and sense of sincerity that made all of Ahsoka's previous appearances from the first very first Clone Wars appearance all the way up through Rebels so appealing I feel like it, it took a lot of that away and I it also really didn't sit right with me how it felt like she in the fight scenes in the against the warlord against the warlord's uh, troops i can't remember the the name of the warlord right now it felt like she took pleasure or at least went out of her way to defeat these troops in a, in a very a very gruesome and kind, and kind of cruel manner and it felt very out of character for her to be kind of going out of her way to to it to instill fear 
I respect your opinion. I don't necessarily agree. I like um, Rosaria Dawson's performance in The Mandalorian quite a bit. I think there's a lot of stuff that she does get right about Ahsoka. However, I do agree that I like Ashley better. Ashley is just a gem, and she she is Ahsoka in so many ways now. Um, and her... It never feels like Ashley ever phones in Ahsoka. It feels like she's always there in the moment as the character. Um, you can, like... Uh, I, I, I look at Ahsoka and I think of Ashley, and I look at Ashley and I think of Ahsoka, um, and I think the two are so intertwined now, and I think they're, I, I, th I think they're really, they, Ahsoka really works with Ashley's voice, and Ashley really works as Ahsoka. Mm. Yeah, I respect your opinion. I will say that for now. <laughs> uh, what about? Best piece of media featuring Ahsoka. Best TV episode, best movie, I guess, if you wanted to put that in there. I picked two episodes. Um, I picked Together Again, which is the final episode of the Martez Sisters arc. And I picked uh, Twilight of the Apprentice, um, which is the final episode of season two of Star Wars Rebels. I think both of them are very powerful performances by Ashley as Ahsoka. Um, Ahsoka in Together Again sacrifices herself for two sisters who are trying to make a living in a galaxy who she met like a week ago um and she apologizes for lying to them and keeping her true identity a secret and i think it's just such a great look at how ahsoka adapts to being herself outside of the jedi after she leaves um and then twilight apprentice what can you say about twilight apprentice that hasn't been said before um I'm no Jedi, you know, investigating Malachor, fighting Maul, uh, contacting Vader and Anakin. And what can't you say about Twilight Apprentice that hasn't been said before? I don't know. I mean, Twilight Apprentice, one of my one of my favorites, pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of those. I think that's one of the defining moments of Ahsoka, you know, when she decides to sacrifice herself in order to, in order to save, um, in order to save Ezra and to save Kanan and to save Chopper as well. Let's, so, uh, let, let's put a pause on that. Cause we have another section about that later, but we do. do yes, we do. I'm not, I'm not going to go into media? that. I have my best pieces of media and these are both, um, these are both in my best moments. Um, so, uh, but they shouldn't be a surprise. But I, I really think that obvi obviously Twilight of the Apprentice, and I don't want to steal your or my thunder since I assume they're gonna. It's I assume it's gonna be in your list as well. Um, yep. But I would say for my, if I wanted to be a, uh, if I wanted to pick something from the Clone Wars, I would have to say. I think that um I think that her arc, the wrong Jedi to catch a Jedi arc, might be more definitive and important for her character. But I think that overall, in terms of the best piece of media that she really heavily features in, I think it would have to be the um the final order sixty six arc, you know, shattered in those episodes. Yeah, oh that's that's a great arc and that's a great episode. Shattered is is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, should we go on to best allies? 
Best allies. Yes. Um, now, for me, for this one, I tried to... Uh, I tried to not think about it um, as just which are my favorite characters that she is like friends with or allies with, but rather which characters that she has friends with, that does she have like the most, I think my criteria for this was really just like, who does she have like the most interesting relationships with? So I guess yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what okay. I did for mine too. So uh, you want to go first? You want of, me to go first? Yeah. It's kind of like how for the retrospectives, I pick like the best characters who aren't in like absolutely everything, but rather the best characters who really kind of had a, a big moment in that season in particular. Absolutely. You want to go ahead? Um, you want yeah, me to go? Yeah, I'll first? go first. Um, okay. Number three. My number three pick is Ezra Bridger. I really like Ahsoka's relationship with Ezra. Um, I think obviously one of the most one of the most important moments for them is when Ahsoka is the one, or I guess it's not, she's not necessarily the one because there were no one else there, but she, she is able to, to convince Ezra not to try and bring Kanan back. And I think the fact that, that she is able to do that and also understand the, the fact that she is able to do that by understanding what Ezra is going through and also you know, having the good sense to say that's a bad idea, I think is really a testament to their to their relationship. I just like kind of the um. It's like a um. It's like Ahsoka is kind of like the cool, like like if um. If Ezra is the, the the kind of petulant surly teenager, which he literally is, and Kanan is the, Kanan is the um, the uh, the exasperated, dad. Um, then, then I think Ahsoka, Ahsoka cool would be like, yeah, she's like the cool aunt who comes around every so often. And I think, um, I honestly don't think we got to see enough of, I, I really wish that we'd gotten to see more of Ahsoka just being Ahsoka in Rebels, just seeing what she was like as a person. And, and part of that is because I really wanted her to establish relationship with the ghost crew. And I don't think it would have been, I don't think it would have been right for this story for her to necessarily become part of the ghost crew. But I, but part of that is because I thought she had a really cool relationship with Ezra. Well, don't count your chickens yet, because I think we're going to get some more development of her relationship with Ezra and oh, Sabine in her spinoff show. Um, so. Fingers uh, crossed. I, I think that's going to happen. My number three is Yoda. Ooh. Yoda, man, uh, Yoda, the the gathering arc. Watch the gathering arc and see Ahsoka's relationship with Yoda. It's very clear. Um, and and in the uh the the Ahsoka trial arc, it's very clear that you know Yoda Yoda's like one of those you know a teacher's not supposed to have favorites, but you're one of my favorites. <laughs> um. And yeah. he clearly shares this very special bond with Ahsoka. And there is this kind of part, especially in the trial arc, where he's like, you know, this girl is growing disillusioned with the Jedi Order. And honestly, I can't blame her. 
I totally understand where she's coming from. I may not agree with her methods, but I totally understand why she's feeling this way. And I totally understand why we failed as an order. Yeah. Uh, of course, he doesn't act on it as much as he probably should have. But there is that sense of, of, of Yoda just being like, yeah, we fucked up a little bit on this one. Yeah, I mean... I love I love their relationship as well. That's a that's a good pick. I think um, I've 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 realized I'm going to be doing a lot of gushing about rebels, but um, but um, that moment in rebels when they're in the temple and you know Yoda shows up and then there's just that one moment where Ahsoka kind of hesitates and she looks back and she looks at at Yoda's kind of presence. However, he's at Yoda's kind of forced manifestation where he was talking to Ezra and that just one moment where he like nods at her and then she nods back. There's just so much, there's so much wrapped up in that moment. It's such a beautiful moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%. Who's your second one? My second pick is Padme. Padme Amidala because thank you. Thank you so much. I was this close to putting Padme on my list, and then I decided to keep the, the my second character in, but I was so close to picking Padme. Thank you for picking Padme. I agree with that so much. Go on, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you, then. Um, gosh. What is there to say about this relationship? I think it's one that we don't get enough of. But I think that it's interesting because I think I think that they have a very strong rapport because they both have to deal with Anakin so much, both through the good and the bad. And they're both kind of caught up in the crazy, like the crazy emotional whirlwind that is Anakin Skywalker. And I think that the fact that they are two of the people who, and you know, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, he is, he is definitely in there as well, but really not to the degree that I think emotionally Ahsoka and actually no, scratch that because as we find out later on, I think Obi-Wan just doesn't show it as much, but I think they really just have a really good rapport because of, because they both are kind of, in this place where they often feel like their lives are kind of revolving around Anakin at times, if you know, if you know what I mean, um, that does sound a bit extreme, but I think that that's kind of the implication and that's how it plays out sometimes. So I think I really, I really like it when they kind of come together with this mutual acknowledgement and are able to have their own friendship flourish and kind of feel, feel some respite. And what I think I think one part that I really like is the um ironically, since I don't like Lux Bonteri very much, the um I can't remember the name for the arc. The, the heroes on both sides arc, I think is a really good example of of uh Padme and Ahsoka's friendship and kind of a little how they kind of they can kind of stand as equals and also Padme can be a mentor for Ahsoka. I think it's awesome. Absolutely, I agree with you. Of all of Ahsoka's key friendships, how many can you name that's her with a woman? Not many. 
And that's what's so special about Padme, in my opinion, is that, you know, I feel like Padme, if Anakin and Obi-Wan are the older brothers, or sort of like the father figures that Ahsoka never had, then Padme yeah. is the older sister. And Ahsoka needs that. Because Ahsoka needs somebody, you know, who she can see herself in. Not that she can't see herself in Anakin or Obi-Wan. There's just something about identifying with somebody of your same gender that's very important for somebody like Ahsoka. Who is in that age where you're trying to figure out exactly who you are. And what your path is going to be. Um, I still um, love that line from Crisis on Naboo. Um, Hopefully I'll be where I always be. He means saving the day. Of course he does. Yeah. Well, that's a good example of kind of the uh, the bond that they have because they both have to, they both are constantly having to deal with Anakin's zaniness, you know? Absolutely. Um, 100%. You want me to get to the second one? What's My second? second one is R2-D2. Oh, a droid. A droid, R two D two. I'm saying it right now. Um, it's you know the chemistry between you know we know the chemistry between Anakin and R two. We know the chemistry between um, yeah and Luke and R two. We know the chemistry between Rey and R two. We know the chemistry between Leia and R two. Nobody talks about the chemistry between Ahsoka and R two, but I think they should because I think. There's a scene with both of them in the Ahsoka book. And I won't spoil it for anybody else, even though I spoiled the entire book. But the first time Ahsoka sees R2 again in so many years is one of the most touching things I've ever seen. Mm. Um, Yeah, it is. And and I remember E.K. Johnston writes it so well. um, And it feels so incredibly natural. And it's one of those relationships that you don't even think about. But once you start looking into it, it's one of those, you know, R2 is always there for Ahsoka. She's basically an honorary Skywalker in that way because he treats her like he would any member of that clan. Yeah. Definitely, I think. I mean, R2 kind of occupies such a unique position among all these characters because... I don't want to say that he's necessarily passive or doesn't do a lot, but in some ways he is kind of a wallflower existing and just taking in so many crazy events over the course of the the prequels, the clone wars, um, the, the intermediary period, like through, through all the movies, through all of the, the main, the mainly explored timeline. So I think that you're definitely onto something about how he can have very interesting relationships with characters. And I think Ahsoka is kind of a perfect, perfect example of that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what is your last one? My number one. You know, I couldn't really say anyone other than Anakin. Yeah. For this one, like, let me just pause you for a second. My number one was Anakin, Anakin as, well? as well. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's. We can. We can just kind of roll it up into one. I think for me, you know, obviously it, it ends in tragedy, but there is something, there is just something very beautiful about, about their relationship, you know, 
from the very first moment, you know, it's like you never would have made it as Obi-Wan's apprentice. But you might just but you make, might it make it as it mine. mine. Kind of the understanding that they're both like they both kind of feel like like misfits. They can't quite they can't quite conform to the uh the the um norms of the Jedi Order. Now now how much of Ahsoka's kind of penchant for uh rule bending and being kind of a for better or for worse a very free spirit how much of that comes from anakin since he's her master we don't know but i mean it is just oftentimes i am not a huge fan of anakin as a character but i think that i think that's something that that's that the clone wars really shows us and really takes pains to show us is how ahsoka is one of the people who can really kind of bring out the best in anakin I was just gonna say um, that Ahsoka is best. That Anakin is best when he's with Ahsoka. Um, yeah. That is one of the things I was going to say. Um, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Great minds think alike, I guess. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I you said a lot of what I was going to say, but I'll just add on. You know, sorry for I can think of then, no. It's it's totally fine. You know, whenever whenever Ahsoka and Anakin are in an episode together, there's one piece of memorable dialogue that I always remember um, from the Clone Wars movie. Um, you know, uh, let's talk, uh, uh, it was Master Yoda who said, old sins cast long shadows, and it was Master Skywalker who said, I don't want to talk about my past. Um, <laughs> or like, you know, um, any of the, uh, any of the countless, um, Ahsoka-Anakin banter moments, um, or what about when you said, don't worry, Snips, uh, we're never gonna be going near that wall when they're have they their backs up against a wall um yeah uh it's it's like there are some moments with that those two that are just like ahsoka doesn't really have with anything else anyone else and anakin certainly does not have with anyone else um maybe obi-wan that's the only thing i was gonna say about anakin but still um yeah it's it, it it's such a to a point that Almost every relationship that Ahsoka has in the Clone Wars is defined by how they're related to Anakin. And every relationship that Anakin has, at least in the Clone Wars, is about how they're defined with Ahsoka. You know, he force chokes Poggle the Lesser. He um, he does that fugitive scene at the end of the the Jedi who knew too much with Ahsoka. He um, did you do you see that fight with Barriss? Like that's intense. Um, he would not go far that far for anybody except for Ahsoka and Padme and Obi-Wan. Those are the three people. That's it. Palpatine in a different way, but, you know. As it, as the, the Clone Wars goes on, we really see how much of being a Jedi, obviously, is, you know, restraint, tamping down, tamping down your emotions, you know. You know, kind of being, being like a rock in the river, you know. But then... With Anakin and Ahsoka, they're kind of to each other. The tr the two people who they can really fully be themselves, or they can be a part of themselves. Because I think it's it's um like you can be your you can feel like you're totally being yourself with one person and totally being yourself with another person, but then you show different parts of yourself to one person versus someone else. But I think that Ahsoka and Anakin in the Jedi Order, in terms of 
how they feel about about dealing with what it takes to be a Jedi. It's the only it's the only place for them to be themselves is when they're like kind of hanging out on the missions or whatever. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I agree I don't know. with that. I don't, I don't think I, I. I don't think I. Um. I don't, I don't know if I really made that make sense, but. No, I, I, I get that. It's it. Um, there's a part of Ahsoka that comes out when she's with Anakin. There's a part of Anakin that comes out when he's with Ahsoka. And I'm sure we'll get to that. You want to get to best enemies. Best enemies, yeah. Do you want to start? Or should I? Um, I'll start on this one, maybe. All right. Yeah, go for it. Uh, number three on my list is Asajj Ventress. Hmm. Um. They're both the headstrong Padawans of somebody who is in the Qui-Gon Jinn, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Kenobi line. Um, and they both have a lot to prove, and they both want to prove it, and I think their rivalry, especially ending the way it does in The Jedi Who Knew Too Much and To Catch a Jedi, is a really interesting one, and how they go from enemies to becoming sort of allies. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to hop on here for a minute since Ventress, I had a very hard time from both the friends and the enemies list, actually, because of their the the changing nature of their relationship. I, I had a Ventress was pretty much my fourth place pick for both of them, like the, the final cut when I was thinking about who I want to pick. But yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think it's it's really cool how their relationship evolves and you know I if if it ever comes up again I would really love to to see them reunited at some point um in 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 any other time period um but yeah Ahsoka and Ventress you know very unique relationship Ventress obviously goes from it's interesting how Ahsoka also kind of catches up to Ventress in terms of maturity like we we start out with you know Ventress what, what does she say in, in one of the um in the episode where they're rescuing are they re- maybe they're rescuing Newt Gunray I can't I can't remember yeah uh the Cloak of Darkness yeah Cloak of Darkness and she's like oh it's the Skywalker's disgusting pet and then she says like well she's, she says stand aside and I'll give you a cookie which I think is just it it's a little jarring but it is absolutely hilarious and it really shows what Ventress thinks of her and then Obviously, by the time the wrong Jedi rolls around, she really, she really has a lot of begrudging respect, probably. But she has respect. She has, she nonetheless has a ton of respect for Ahsoka. So I really like how they kind of their relationship changes. Absolutely. Um, what's your number three? My number three is Barris Offy. Obvious. Ah, I mean, yes. I mean, come on, friends to enemies. It's and it's it's just heartbreaking. It's all it there. Is, it is very sad, and I honestly think, I honestly think we need something more from from a uh, Barris's perspective. One hundred two percent. The question of oh god, why? How could you? How could you do this? I just think they have a they have a pretty crazy relationship. So I would, and and because of the role it. Like we don't see a lot of it, I think, in in the Clone Wars in terms of the time it takes up, the space it takes up. But I would definitely be remiss if I didn't include that for Ahsoka, just because of how much it influences her. Absolutely, I agree with you um, with that one. Um, 
Barris and Ahsoka's relationship is really interesting, and I want to see it develop, absolutely. Number two, for me, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. From the four episodes we see of them, um, one of my all-time favorite um, Clone Wars exchanges, Oh, you have Kenobi's arrogance. You'll find I have many qualities for you to dislike. They are the Phantom Apprentices. Maul draws to conclusions as well as any fan theorizer would. They've both been cast away by their orders, and it's how they choose to deal with that that separates them. Absolutely. Absolutely I, I think that is think... a very that is a very good take. And yeah, my, my my number two is actually also Maul. Um, yeah, I, I you I mean I think you said it very well. They it, they almost have a. It's weird because at the at the beginning when Maul comes back into um into the Clone Wars after his uh extended hiatus of being a metal spider, um, you know it feels like Ahsoka and Maul don't really have a lot to be to be enemies about but then as it goes on i think i think the clone wars did a really good job of taking this relationship where maul really didn't have any beef specifically with ahsoka neither does ahsoka with maul just beyond the fact that obviously maul is incredibly pissed with anakin or not anakin um he probably is pissed and he probably is pissed with anakin but like i meant meant to say obi-wan yeah. I think they they it's it's kind of amazing how without taking up too much screen time they kind of believably go from that to then in um season 7 Clone Wars saved obviously they have the huge showdown and there's there are a lot there's a lot of beef and, it, and it's just really interesting the way it the way it plays out and how they also with them in Rebels in Twilight of the Apprentice too Lady yeah, Tano Twilight of the Apprentice I think like it's 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 fantastic. Um, yeah. So so yeah. I mean, they're they're great. Love it. Yeah. Number one, and I think you and I might have the same number one. Ahsoka. Yeah. It, it's got to be Darth Vader. It's Vader. Come on. Just like three words for you. Actually, one word I already said, which was. Ahsoka. And the three other words were... Actually, uh, this, just, this exchange. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I'm no Jedi. No words. They only got to be in, like, basically two episodes together, Shroud of Darkness and, um, Twilight Apprentice. But, like, come on. It is a it is a rivalry that has been hyped ever since Ahsoka left that order. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that it is kind of the ultimate boiling over of kind of Anakin's Anakin's biggest mistake or Anakin's biggest flaw, I think, which is his narcissism when he he's like, "Why did you leave me, Ahsoka?" And Ahsoka, obviously, like she didn't leave Anakin specifically; she left the order. Like it wasn't, it literally wasn't about Anakin, but Anakin cannot see past how it affected him personally. And I, 
Yeah, I think it's just phenomenal as well. Um, their their kind of showdown, considering that they they didn't they didn't really get any encounters before that. So, so it not, just kind yeah. of, but but obviously with all the history and the emotion, like that this yeah, when when it plays out like it does, it's heart wrenching. Let's get to our best five moments of Ahsoka Tano. What's your number moments. five? All right. We may have some overlaps here. In fact, I know oh, I'm we sure we will. My number. F- so I think it's going to be interesting to see what order we put them in. My number five best moment is when Ahsoka faces off against the fifth brother and the seventh sister in the future of the force. Now I may be biased here. Because you, I am like I'm, are, I'm fully like a rebels kid, like you know some people way, grew up this, with this, the this original w- trilogy. This shouldn't surprise you, by the way. This is not on my list. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I like I'm, this moment just fine. It's I'm not a even. Great I'm moment, not even disappointed because like I have a special attachment to it because you know some kids, yeah. some people yeah. grew up with with the the Clone Wars. People grew up with the prequels. You're a rebels kid. Calls. I'm a rebels kid. Like I'm a Clone Wars kid. I get it. The point. The point at which I was kind of. In 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 um in a, in a not necessarily coming of age, but I was coming of age to a certain stage where I could really appreciate that. Yet I was still young enough to also be able to really appreciate it. So I was just at the perfect age, and that was the first Star Wars content that I actually watched as it was coming out. Like I I, I watched all the Clone Wars after the fact. I was I would have been way too young when it came out. It would have either gone over my head or given me nightmares, probably both. And this fight scene. This scene, this the fifth brother, the seventh sister. You know, they they push Zeb out of the way. They they're getting to the baby. They um they they take Ezra's lightsaber, and then boom, Ahsoka. Like her reveal, that is just like I can hear the music in my head right now. Yeah, it's just it, it's such an incredible moment. That fight is honestly, and it's also, such a way for it's such a statement for Ahsoka. You know, coming back absolutely. into the game and for Rebels. It's it's also, incredible. Let's talk about that's the first time in Rebels where the light side like wins a duel, like no contest wins. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I mean, Kanan. Kanan. We've seen Kanan and Ezra versus the Inquisitor, and Kanan went into God mode and then beat the Inquisitor, but still, that wasn't easy. That that required Kanan going into literal God mode. Then Darth Vader wiped the floor with the two of them, but then fifth brother and seventh sister go against Ahsoka. And like they're it's made very clear they're no match for her. Like Yeah. Like it's just that is and that is honestly what's so exhilarating about it. In a series that in a series like Rebels, which spends so much time just having the heroes Rebels spends so much time putting the heroes through as much fear and desperation as possible. And that's part of what makes it so good and so gripping in the later seasons. But my God, if it isn't satisfying just once to watch yeah. a hero just like, just like hands down mop the floor on some on some villains, like just that wasn't once, a fight. That, that was a public humiliation. <laughs> it was it was a beatdown. Like she was just she was she was flipping off the walls, and they were just they were so lost. I man. It, yeah. it was it was such a good uh it was such a good it was just such a good way to kind of really bring back Ahsoka with a bang and really like she's about it. Like 
<laughs> oh yeah. Um, for my number five moment, I also went with another great Ahsoka uh, fight, which is when she duels General Grievous to a stalemate on the planet of Florum in the episode A Necessary Bond um, from The Gathering That's a good arc. choice. A She's good a Padawan. She hasn't left the Jedi Order yet. She's a Padawan. This is season five. And yet she, like, keeps pace with Grievous for, like, the entire time. And I would even say was on the winning side of that duel, even though nothing happens to either of them. Uh, it shows how much she's grown, because Grievous absolutely, like, um, it's clear that she's barely keeping pace with Grievous in um, Duel of the Droids in Season 1. But now she's, like, she's the one who's the aggressor. She's the one who's pushing him back. Um, and it's it's such a great reminder of how much Ahsoka's grown. My number four best Ahsoka moment, the duel with Maul. The duel with Maul on Mandalore. Is that on your list? Uh, number def number four, defeating Maul on Mandalore. Well, wait, so we actually had him at the same exact place, didn't we? Yes, yes, we did. Wow, wow. I mean, I mean, what a again, like a, a statement for Ahsoka, and really just, it just feels like the crescendo of of so many mixed emotions for for ahsoka i really i really liked it obviously having her defeat maul or she she had maul on the ropes by the end let's let's be honest she was she was going she was going god mode it was it, it was pretty cool I mean, what, what do you have to say about it you can probably you can probably say something more eloquent and insightful than I can. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I think you I think you detailed it perfectly. Um it's an incredible duel, it's an incredible statement on behalf of Ahsoka Tano, um, is what I think about it. And it's just like she It is a it is a it is a fight that I didn't think she was going to win as squarely as she did, but she did. Um and she just she just handled business. That's what she did. She handled business. Um no kidding. It's it's a it's a it's a tough duel. It's not a it's not an easy duel, but you know, that that combined with the whole we're all gonna burn, we're all gonna die thing from Maul at the end sets the tone of Phantom Apprentice very well and it's 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 incredible to see Ahsoka again, as I said with Florum, what how, how much she's grown and how much she's able to, you know, um, hold her own against a fearsome Sith Lord like Darth Maul. My number three is when Ahsoka, I think this is a, maybe it's a bit longer, but Ahsoka both facing Rex in Order 66 and then miraculously saving Rex. Number three. Saving Rex in a hyperspace from his inhibitor chip. There's no way. <laughs> Our lists are just going to be the same. same at this. Point. I wonder. I wonder if they're going to be same. I'm very. I because I know exactly which two moments we're both going to have at the top of the list, and I'm really wondering if they're going to be in the same which, order. Which um, and it, I honestly think I could flip them either way. Like, yeah, I I, I just kind of I could see arguments for one of them being at the top, but I think. My arguments for why one of them is at the top is just too good, honestly. Anyway, do you want to talk about um? Do you want to talk about her saving Rex? I'm one with the Force, and the Force is with yeah. me. I mean, obviously, it's an incredible moment that 
she she is able to still want to save Rex even after he kind of tries to tries to kill her, and it's just a incredible. It's it's an incredible scene. It's it's kind of it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, but just seeing Ahsoka be able to step up like that after so long in the Clone Wars, you know, kind of facing a lot of, of failures and often not being able to um like being criticized for you know not being able to get the job done sometimes not like obviously it gets she she gets a lot better and a lot more powerful over the course of the show but this really does feel like the uh the 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 peak the um this feels kind of like the the resolution the crescendo of her being able to take matters into her own hands. And I really like that. Absolutely. This is, it, it shows Ahsoka's compassion. It shows that she cares. It shows that the bond that Rex and Ahsoka have formed, experience outranks everything. Well, it's time she go get some, and she's getting some, damn it. Um, uh, and she's saving her good friend's sanity. She's get, saving um, her good friend's existence, basically. Um, and yeah, it's a really, it's a really incredible moment. Um, and I, I love, I love it so much. Jacob, do you want, do we want to do a three, two, one, and then we say both at the same time what our number two is just to see? I oh, got it. Okay. Should we say our number two or our number, let's say our number two. one. Number oh, two. Number one. Number, I think it'll make more two. sense if we say our number one. Number one. Okay. All right. Three. Three, two, two one. One. Ahsoka Apprentice. leaves. Oh, we did it in the reverse! Oh my gosh! I mean, it was ba- for me. It was basically a tie. Like it was, it's basically a tie. So I, I yeah, I don't really. Number two, dueling you. Darth Vader on Mal to, to a stalemate on Malachor and temporarily being back in against Skywalker. Number one, leaving the Jedi Order after being cleared of criminal charges. And then for me, it's it's the uh, it's the opposite it's order. It's the opposite, yeah. Let's talk about these two because they pack a punch. There's a reason we both put them in the top two. Yeah. Um, what you, you want to tackle first? Since I, let's I think talk, it just makes more sense to do them together. Let's talk Malachor first, maybe. All right. Malachor, your number two, my number one. Yeah. Obvious, I mean, like, if you've watched that. I'm no Jedi. I assume that if you're listening to this, is probably. The cut eye. Yeah. It, it speaks for itself. But it is yeah. just, I was absolutely heartbroken when it's, I watched that for the first moment. time. By the way, did you notice it something so about our, our um, arrangement, by the way? What? I put the Clone Wars moment higher and you put the Rebels moment higher. That is a good point. Guilty I'm, as I'm, charged. I'm begi- Guilty as charged. I am beginning to sense a pattern here. <laughs> There's definitely a pattern. Um, but yeah, I just I just really like this moment. Um Obviously, um, I think it, it was, you know, watching it for the first time with the knowledge, like thinking that it's actually over for Ahsoka. I think in, in many ways, in some ways, I think knowing that Ahsoka lives has, has kind of taken a bit of the, just, it's taken away a bit of just the absolute sheer gut punch of that moment but i i still think that despite that i think despite that it's it's 
it's an incredible moment. You know, Soka finally facing Anakin, you know, having this reckoning. And there's just so much said with so with so few words, there's so much said in this. It's just masterful. Absolutely. I love Malachor so much. It's a great reflection of how the relationship between Obi-Wan, sorry, not Obi-Wan, between Ahsoka and now, and Anakin, now Vader, has evolved and reaches its final conclusion because then Ahsoka goes into the world between worlds and Anakin will die. Um, and Ahsoka will presumably never see him um, again. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a heartbreaking moment, but it's done so perfectly with Matt Lanter's voice being infused with James Earl Jones' voice is the icing on the cake there. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about leaving the Jedi Order? Do I want, do I want to talk about it? No, yeah. because it's too sad. But yes. yeah, I, I, mean, I mean... I mean... What a twist, man. What a twist that Ahsoka finally sees what so many have failed to, that the Jedi Order is not what they used to be. And she decides to let it all go. She decides now to decide her own destiny. She decides to do what she wants to do. Man, isn't that powerful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this moment... I think in my opinion, while I think that I put, um, while, while I put Mal the Malachor or Twilight of the Apprentice, you know, the, 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 the reuniting and reckoning of Ahsoka and Anakin higher, because I think it feels more like the culmination. I think this is probably even more defining in who Ahsoka is as a person. Absolutely. And I think um, I think it just shows, it really shows the kind of person that Ahsoka is where she knows she's doing, like she's doing decidedly not taking the easy road because I think going back to the Jedi would be so much easier, but she, she knows that she, she just knows that she can't. And it's, I think that kind of being able to follow what she knows is right despite despite it being like going to be the hardest thing she's ever done leaving behind the only community and all of the community that she's ever known that just really speaks to ahsoka as a person absolutely it's such a groundbreaking moment in star wars in general and i just love it so much it's chef's kiss um and it, it changed everything it changed everything um, and don't tell me you don't get those warm, fuzzy feelings when the violin music starts playing and she walks down the steps slowly and Anakin's just watching her with that outstretched hand and there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that's it. If uh, you're good with that, um, then I think it's time we get to everybody's favorite part of the Star Wars and the Galaxy. Everyone's favorite part. Let's do it. What you've brought me today is worth one quarter portion. We got more trivia today. Um, this, is we're the, excited. this is the last trivia. Um, this is like our last 
this yeah this is our last um trivia before the trivia round let me pull up my questions all right um i guess i'll go first this time um okay start off with i know i would definitely not get this but somehow i feel like this is gonna be too easy for you but let's just see on the death star in episode four what talking bit is the millennium falcon land in um that would be in the death star in the death star yes would that be Which... talking bay 327 is Docking Bay 94. That's on Tatooine. Really? Wait. No. That's no. on Tatooine. Docking Bay 94 is you on sure? Tatooine. I'm Did 99% sure. You're right. I messed up. My sincerest apologies. This is why you shouldn't this is why you shouldn't trust me when it when it This is why Eli is the 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 trivia god. That is why I am not the trivia god. This is why you want our what is the first name of Captain Nita? You got me. I, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever heard the first name of Captain Nita. That would be Captain Lorth Nita. Lorth Nita. Where did you find that out? That must be in a re is that in a reference book, a comic? It's, yeah, I think it's reference, but mm. yeah. I've, yeah, I've definitely, if not, I've definitely. Sorry, I like to get before. deep cut on the yeah, name That's things. a deep cut. Yeah, that's a good one. N name things are, name name questions are my favorite, yeah. so. Name questions are, they're hard for me. Okay. The iconic line, no, I am your father, in Empire Strikes Back, was added in post-production in order to keep the, the major plot twist a secret. What was the line that was used when they were shooting the movie? No, Obi-Wan killed your father. Yes, that is correct. So it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it I absolutely definitely... does. And, and imagine that twist, too. Yeah. That's still a twist. I think, I think the search your feelings, you know it to be true, wouldn't make as much sense. It's like, he's, Vader's not right there, you know? But yeah, I, th I think that could still, that could still fly. Would make um, things a little bit awkward, though, in the... um. In the Endor scene, when Obi Wan yeah. comes back, <laughs> wonder how the fact pov would have worked on that one. Wait, that, it would have been like the opposite then. It'd be like a, it'll be like, Darth Vader never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. I yeah. Mean. Anyway, um, what job function do battle droids with red stripes perform? Red stripes. Are they red with the regular tan or red with a gray body? Red with the regular tan. Red with a regular tan, okay. I know that the blue is the pilot. Are they sergeant droids, maybe? Are there a certain rank? The sergeant droids are yellow. No, the commander droids are yellow. The commander droids are, are yellow. Whoops. Yeah, um, the commander droids yeah. are yellow. But so it's, so it's not a it's not a rank. It's not a rank. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I it's security. Oh, security. Security battle lords red strikes. But good job with the pilot ones. I was I was yeah. bouncing back and forth between those two between doing those two, so I only know that because they throw in the detail of reprogrammed pilot droids in the citadel. Oh yeah, in, in the citadel. Yeah, yeah, good point. what's the next one you got? Right. Next up, 
who is the first character to speak in A New Hope? These questions are the types that tri usually trip me up, but it's C-3PO. Yes, it is C-3PO. I only know that because he is the first line in New Hope and last line in Revenge of the Sith. The first character to speak in Empire Strikes Back is a droid. I think that's pretty cool. All right, what you got? Um, in New Hope, not Empire. Yeah, it's in Star Wars. You said Empire. Oh. Anyway. Um, Oopsie. <laughs> no, no, how many parsecs no, 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 no. does Ray say that Han Solo made the Kessel run in? Fourteen. That is correct. I love that line. Twelve. Fourteen. 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 How could you, Ray? How could, how could you, you get it right or don't get it at all? Come on. Okay. What separatist leader wields a cane, a bone cane, that is rumored to be made from the remains of a fallen rival? I feel like this might be Legends info, and if it is, that's it is fine. Possibly Legends in it is I, th I think it is Legends info. I think it's General Grievous, isn't it? No, it's not General Grievous. It is they in the in the movies they're primarily in Attack of the Clones. Oh, it's is it Sandhill? It's Poggle the Lesser. Oh Which makes okay. sense when you think about the Geonosian and their 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 penchant for war. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Uh, Jacob, I'll just say about this question, you asked for it, so you're going to receive uh -oh. it. Uh-oh. What company manufactured the ARC-170 fighter? The Incom Corporation. That is correct! Yes! <laughs> vehicle right. questions! Vehicle questions. The one thing I've... I still have all my, all my vehicle knowledge from when I was reading reference books. The knowledge that has stuck around. The vehicle, the vehicle. Good stuff because knowledge. it's not the knowledge that stuck. Around. I literally have everything else really great in, except for that one. It's like one of the only places where I really, I kind of, I'm above average at trivia for vehicles. I'd say. Okay, which rebel pilot boasts? <clears throat> right now, I think I feel like I could take on the whole empire myself. But that may be a misquote, but you get the idea. I get the empire idea. Um, I I would ask you. I'm gonna answer that question with another question. Hey, Dak, you got that backing track? Turn it, Turn on. it on. Dak yeah, Ralter. Yeah, Dak Ralter. I got to listen to that now after this. Okay. Hostels on the Hill. Check it out. Bad lip reading. It's a bits of bop. It is a certified bop. Which Jedi told Rey, let it lift you on Exegol in the Be With Me sequence? Let it lift you. I, I have to say, I have no idea. You want to hazard a guess? Mm. Is it Ahsoka? It is not Ahsoka. It is her master, Anakin Skywalker. You know Anakin. Who, who, who said the line? Who actually, who actually did the deed? Who, who, who put it in the booth? Who, who oh, like, Hayden which actor? Hayden Christensen. No kidding. Yep. Wow. How cool. How cool. Nice of them to bring him back. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that's it for the trivia. Got anything else? Oh, that's it for me. That's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars and Galaxy Watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. Um, 
Uh, thank you for watching this episode. We are going to be off next week. We are also not going to be posting any episodes the week afterwards, but we will be on Radio Rebellion's live stream to, to do some trivia, to, to, to bust our chops against Arzu Amin and Hannah from Followers of the Force and Andrew from Outer Rim Raids. It's going to be a fun time, um, and I encourage all of you to check it out. Alberto's a great guy. We've had him on streams, uh, and I'm really excited. Um... Uh, in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at AnagalaxyPod, Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, you can uh, listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, we'll be there. Um, I think that's it. So, that is it. Oh, you can email us at SWNAGalaxy at gmail.com. Um, please leave a five-star rating and review um, uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever you review your podcasts. Um if you can. Um, and until next time, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>